You can stick it. That coffee burn. You made that up. Oh, by the way, April Fool's. Like a little, little, little stupid person, yeah. Maybe the nacho man. Oh, no. Somebody go get me a bucket. Now, nothing that happened here tonight even vaguely resembles professional wrestling. Straight OG brother, is that what you're saying? Just like when you're in the football game on a coin, and it's really tough. Gotta write the car beef and cabbage. You really agitate us. And I'm really, really upset about that. Woman, I thank you very much. Well, let me, in a, a humble moment, give you a capsule synopsis. synopsis. You're going to see more movement in this wrestling match than you'd see in a metal music convention, baby. A legend in South America, a legendary proportion. Hello, Nitromaniacs, and welcome to another action-packed episode of Nitromania. My name is Adam, I'm your ghost, and if Mickey Mouse doesn't appear on this episode of Nitro, I am going to be severely disappointed this is the 45th episode of nitromania the official episode of the confusingly named interstate 45 which despite being called an interstate connects dallas and houston and lies completely within the state of texas this is also our sapphire episode so i expect something nice in the mail Also, there are eight songs listed on the Wikipedia page for 45 that are titled 45, which I mention only so I can also mention that one of them is by a band called The Atomic Bitchwax. The Atomic Bitchwax. Last week on the show, The Outsiders ruined another main event, and Hulk Hogan cut another heel promo. Dean Malenko and Billy Kidman had one hell of a match, and sadly, Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero was slightly disappointing. This week? Who knows? It is Monday, July 22nd, 1996, and we are still live from Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. Tony welcomes us to Disney MGM once again at the top of his lungs, and things explode. Tony tells us how amazing it was to see Muhammad Ali light the torch at the Olympics and sends us to a clip of Halloween Havoc 1994 when WCW donated to Ali's charity. We then get a video of Shaquille O'Neal and Hulk Hogan from the old days as Tony wonders what Shaq thinks of Hulkster's heel turn for no apparent reason. Tony also tells us that we will hear from the Giant tonight on whether or not he accepts Hulk's challenge from last week. We then go back to last week for the NWO and their sheets covering the big WCW letters. Larry tells us not to trust anybody. What? And Tony sends us to the ring. Your opening contest this evening is Squire David Taylor and a shitload of fog against Scott Norton, who Tony reminds us turned his back on Ice Train last week. They will face each other at Hogwild. Sure can't wait for that. Norton is apparently the face here, even though he's the one who attacked his tag team partner, simply because Dave Taylor is one of them evil furriners. Taylor tries some uppercuts, but eats a massive clothesline and bails. He gets tossed back into the ring, and he tries some offense again, but Norton just chucks him over the top rope and the bell rings. Eller goes with it and disqualifies Norton. Make up your goddamn minds! David Taylor wins by disqualification fucking ridiculous 
VK Wall Street sends us to break. He takes on Conan next. We come back and they eventually patch in Mean Gene. Pull up your socks and get ready. His microphone. He is in the VIP area with everyone but Flair, so Arn talks about Flair. Apparently, these three are taking on Macho, Luger, and Sting tonight. Gene asks for a banana and sends us to the ring. Seriously. Hand me a banana if you would, Mongo. Right now, let's get you back up to the ring. Enter VK Wall Street and his ill-fitting suit. Conan enters in a ridiculous mask and even more ridiculous jacket. Conan is finally wearing gear with the WCW logo on it instead of the AAA logo. Conan starts on the offensive until they end up outside the ring and Wall Street sends him face first into the steps. Wall Street cheats, gets caught, almost gets pinned, and just rakes Conan's eyes and goes back to work. Conan gets a bit more offense in before Wall Street hits his finisher, a sloppy Samoan drop that Tony calls the Wall Street stock market crash, quote-unquote, for two, that Conan rolls over into a three for the victory. Shitty. Larry then accuses Conan of stealing food from the VIP table and then asks if he has a green card. It's not even worth playing the fucking game anymore. Gene is with Team WCW, Sting, Luger, and Macho Man. Luger cuts this very odd promo. Right now, Lex Luger, I don't know where Ric Flair is. He hasn't shown up here. He's probably out somewhere, maybe in a big fat limo, maybe in a catered hotel room. But we came here to make a statement. There's a lot of things happening here in World Championship Wrestling from all different angles. New World Order. Last week, I got stomped into a mud hole. I'll be the first to say it. But where were everybody else, the Stinger, the Masha in Japan? That's how they want to play it. Now we're here to make a statement. We want the horsemen. We're here as WCW. We're here to make a strong statement of where us three are at. Isn't that right, Stinger? Sting just wants to kill Ric Flair. They start playing the nitro music in the middle of his promo. Gene then goes to Macho anyway, uh, who just screams some words. Thankfully, Gene does not try to name the theme park thereat as he sends us to break. Holy shit, a brand new Glacier video. He does karate shit, then they show his logo. No voiceover, no coming soon, no anything else. Tony sends us to a video package for the participants in an eight-man tag. The video package is literally a series of clips of the four of them. Max Power, sorry, Jim Powers, Alex Wright, Joe Gomez, and Renegade, individually walking down the beach and taking off their Monday Nitro shirts. Think Baywatch, but for gay men. Back to the arena, and Tony says, well, there you have it. Have what, Tony? What do we have? No one said anything. All we know is that they can walk on two feet and remove a t-shirt. We have literally nothing. Those four are in the ring. Again, Max Powers, Alex Wright, Joe Gomez, and Renegade. Tony tells us they'll be taking on the Dungeon of Doom. Dear God, why? Tony tells us that a new member of the Dungeon of Doom will be revealed tonight. My money is on Hulk Hogan. Jimmy Hart enters with Kevin Sullivan, Hugh Morris, and Barbarian, and they are joined by the Leprechaun. Honest to God. The Leprechaun is a a dude, a normal-sized dude, not like Hornswoggle, who is dressed like a leprechaun, long green jacket, brown trousers, ginger hair that looks fake as hell, 
I'm taking the time to describe the whole character to you because based on his entrance and the intro that commentary gave him, he's obviously going to be around for a a good long while, and you'll want to get a good picture of him in your mind's eye, really. That is bullshit, of course. This is his first and only appearance on Nitro and his last match under this gimmick in WCW. I'm not even going to waste the time to bring out the goddamn dumpster. Anyway, this is an eight-man tag. The match starts, and we're immediately told that a camera is going to the backstage area, so fuck that. The Outsiders are in the control room, and they're fucking with the broadcast. They demand that they pan the crowd because they're looking for someone, quote-unquote. Security eventually shows up, and security eventually escorts them out, but not until after Tony complains that they can't see what's going on in the ring. Dude, you're sitting next to the ring! We go back to the ring for, uh, let's say, Joe Gomez rolling up Kevin Sullivan, and I would have never been happier watching a professional wrestling match than if that had been the finish. Teddy Long shows up out of nowhere and gives Jim Powers a pep talk, and Powers becomes a house of fire. It then immediately just breaks down into chaos. The Giant then shows up and chokeslams all the faces as the bell rings nonstop. Gene shows up and asks the Giant about the challenge. Giant calls himself cancer. Uh Uh-huh and then promises to chokeslam Hogan in Sturgis. So, giant is a face now? No wonder the big show can't keep his alliance straight these days. This Saturday night, Sting and Luger in action, the Nasty Boys, the Steiner Brothers, Rough and Ready, Booty Man and Booty Babe, and the Giant. Back to the ring for the bell, DDP versus Prince Iakea. Iakea starts things off by using his quickness to avoid DDP until DDP just straight up elbows him in the face. Off the ropes and a tilt-a-whirl side slam by DDP, then he chucks Iakea through the ropes to the outside. Springboard splash back in by Prince gets a one, and then a middle rope springboard gets a two. Diamond cutter gets a three. Chavo Guerrero Jr. sends us to break. He takes on Dean Malenko next. We come back from break for a video recap of the Chris Benoit-Kevin Sullivan feud. I say video recap. This, this recap of the bitter feud between these two men shows footage from two matches, the Falls Count Anywhere match and the tag match at Bash at the Beach. That's it. Bitter feud. Two matches. Enter Chavo Guerrero Jr. As stated, he is taking on Dean Malenko. Malenko starts on offense and gets a two on a big gut buster. Chavo hits a drop kick and Dean bails to compose himself. Back in the ring and Dean is back on offense as Tony tells us there's less than a minute until hour number two. However, we have no dynamite on the screen, so he may be lying. Tony counts us down since we don't have the visual cue and God forbid we miss it somehow. He sends us to hour two and we get the meaningless pyro. Eric comes in a little hot on the mic and picks up calling the action. Dean Malenko will take on Chris Benoit at Hog Wild. Eric throws it to Bobby, and Bobby's mic isn't on. Eric reminds us that the Outsiders took over the control room earlier as we get weird noises. Then finally Bobby comes in, far too loud at first. Eric tells us that the control room is three quarters of a mile away. That seems too far. Dean has some sort of neck twist on Chavo as Eric gives us Chavo's lineage. A snap body slam and Dean locks on a bow and arrow of sorts and then an STF. Malenko eats a drop kick but somehow stays on offense. Jimmy Hart appears to continue to beg Malenko to join the dungeon as Malenko hits a drop kick. Chavo tries to take advantage of the distraction and rolls Malenko up but only gets a two count. A small package by Chavo gets a two count. Chavo flies but gets caught and submits to the Texas Cloverleaf. Meng and Jimmy send us to break. 
We come back to the commentary booth. They talk about the outsiders. Bobby again mentions that they may tip over the booth. Stop mentioning it. To the ring for Ice Train. He is taking on Meng. The bell rings and Ice Train plays to the crowd, so Meng attacks. Moron. Teddy Long is shown applauding Train for hitting a cross body, and then he leaves. Thanks, Teddy. Meng then pretty much just dominates the rest of the match. Ice Train finally goes on offense again, spraying the camera with Meng's sweat on some chops in the corner and hitting an admittedly impressive power slam, but this does not last long as he gets kicked in the face coming off the second rope. He rolls Train to the outside and they fight out there for a while until Scott Norton appears and attacks... Meng? Norton then yells into the camera that he has Train's back until hog wild so that Train won't have any excuses once Norton kicks his ass. All right, sure. We then get a recap video of Hogan's heel term. Where's Poochie? Eddie Guerrero sends us to break. He takes on Psychosis next. Glacier does karate again. You know, they said July 1996, and next week is the end of July 1996. So if he doesn't show up next week, that's some fucking bullshit, man. Then a Hogwild commercial. I think you guys are going to enjoy my special guest for Hogwild. I'm very excited myself. Enter Psychosis and his ridiculous hair. Enter Guerrero and his shiny jacket. All kinds of fast-paced offense takes us to break. Guerrero clotheslines Psychosis over the top to the outside. And referee Jimmy Jett does nothing. Fucking consistency, you pricks. A nice Frankensteiner off the top rope leads to a frog splash and a victory for Eddie Guerrero. He takes on Ric Flair for the United States Championship at Hog Wild. Main event time, enter the women, Benoit and Mongo, with no sign of Flair and no sign of Arn Anderson. Bischoff sends us to break to get information, and they both say, uh-oh, as we go to break. We come back to Arn Anderson peeking into a white stretch limo. He gives up and wanders to the ring. Bischoff surmises that Flair must have joined the NWO. Thankfully, Arn came out dressed because he's apparently going to take Flair's place. Enter Team WCW. Sting still needs a haircut. He also has trouble taking off his Sergeant Pepper jacket. We've got about 12 minutes left in the show. I give it six until the NWO show up. Sting starts with Anderson. Benoit comes in and gets a gorilla press for his troubles, but he then gets taken down by Mongo. Anderson chokes Sting while Randerson tries to get the faces back into their corner. We get a crane shot of the limo again as Benoit tries to pin Sting but only gets two. And it eventually breaks down into a schmoz as the multi-man matches always seem to do. The women begin fighting over the briefcase full of money for no apparent reason. Savage grabs it away from them, clocks Benoit with it, and Luger pins Benoit for the victory. Back from break, Gene is in the ring with the winners. We start with this classy piece of business. Welcome back, everybody, to more WCW Monday Night Raw. We are live from Orlando. We've got a red-hot crowd, and I don't mind telling you, we just had a Donnybrook here. Hey, somebody, please, lady, do not throw your underwear in here. It's in bad taste. Now, it's okay. All right, gentlemen. Luger and Sting will take on the Outsiders at Hog Wild. Sting says they're ready and they're feeling mean. Sting, by the way, is carrying the briefcase full of Macho's money for some reason. Luger then screams. From the very first moment the outsiders have come upon the scene, you've been pushing all the wrong buttons. If you want to push me, the Macho Man, and the Stinger over the edge, well, you've done a real good job. 
If you want to see us lose it, well, you know what, Gene? I am losing it because I've worked a lot of years to get where I am in this great sport. And I care a lot about world championship wrestling, and you've had nothing but disgust, disdain, and sarcasm for what we represent. But in Sturgis, you're going to learn if I have to push your teeth down your throat to wipe that smoke off your face, you're going to learn what Sting, what Marshall, Lex Luger, world championship wrestling, and all these fans who watch us through the year mean macho then promises to beat up hogan on his way to the ring so that he can't even fight for the title at Hogwild. way to spoil your plans dumbass gene then sends us off the air so no appearance by the outsiders in the main event i, I suppose it's fair one week out of five to give the fans an actual finish to the show there were actually a few pretty good matches on the show tonight. There were obviously some stinkers as well. I'm looking at you, Wall Street versus Conan, Taylor versus Norton, eight-man tag. But I think Malenko versus Chavo and Eddie versus Psychosis make up for that. And the main event was not terrible either. I think I was just underrating it going into it because I was expecting some sort of fuck finish with the NWO. Uh, thankfully, only the one Poochie moment this week, well, maybe two Poochie moments for Hulk this week, the, the fairly unnecessary video package reminding us that he turned heel and that bit with Shaq at the top of the show. Speaking of which, if Shaq isn't going to be on the show, why the fuck are you talking about Shaq? I mean, I understand that he just went from the, La- from the Lakers to the Magic and apparently that was some big fucking deal, but does that really require him to be mentioned in two different segments, including the opening pump up for the show? I don't think so. Uh, if you go back and watch anything from this episode, I would make it... God. Uh, Malenko versus Chavo, I think, just edges out Eddie versus Psychosis. Um, but you can certainly watch both. Cage Match has the show at a 4.6 out of 10, pulled in a fairly standard 2.6 TV rating there. Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, it is episode 169 of Monday Night Raw, and we are live from Seattle, Washington, the night after In Your House International Incident. That's a lot of eyes. We open with Ahmed Johnson getting frosting all over Sonny. Mark Marrow pins the goon. Remember the goon? Uh. A promo for the WWF Stridex SummerSlam sweepstakes. A lot of alliteration tonight. Bob Backlund campaigns for president in the crowd. Earlier today, Clarence Mason lobbies for an unidentified superstar to get a job in the WWF. Mankind defeats Freddie Joe Floyd with the claw. Brian Pillman then appears. Goldust pins Barry Horowitz. The Stridex Slam of the Week is Shawn Michaels losing last night, setting up his epic SummerSlam rematch for the WWF title with Vader. Speaking of which, Vince McMahon then talks to Jim Cornette and Vader about that match. Then, a SummerSlam commercial. And in your main event, the Smoking Guns retain the WWF Tag Team titles when they lose to Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson by disqualification. Thanks to the debuting Farouk Assad. Of note, Vince has no idea who Farouk is, but he did fight Ahmed in an intercontinental title match before Raw started, a match that ended in a double countout. Ah yes, the nerf helmet and weird singlet of Farouk Assad. Now... Remember last time how I said this week would really cement how Vince was responding to Bash at the Beach in the Hogan turn since this was the first live episode of Raw since Bash at the Beach? <sighs> Turns out his response was to completely ignore it. There is nothing about this episode of Raw that would even hint that Vince or the writers were even aware of Hulk Hogan turning heel. Sure, we got that tag title match, but the other three matches were glorified squashes. Barry Horowitz 
Freddie Joe Floyd? The fucking goon? Really, Vince? This is the best thing you can put together for a live episode? It's no wonder we're still almost a year and a half away, uh, a year and five months exactly, actually, from the Attitude Era, or at least the first episode of the Raw Attitude podcast, plug, plug. Vince seems to have the mindset that WCW is nothing but a buzzing fly. Ignore it and it'll go away. And it seems to me at this particular moment, anyway, that he ignored and ignored and ignored and ignored until he really just couldn't ignore it anymore and knew that changes had to be made or he would go under. This is reflected in the cage match score for this episode of Raw, a 4.44 with an accompanying 2.2 TV rating. Gross. And to think that I was a staunch WWF loyalist back then. You guys, I think I might be dumb. Also on July 22nd, 1996, WWE Hall of Famer Hiro Matsuda celebrated his 59th birthday. David Von Erich would have turned 38. Shawn Michaels turned 31. And Akira Tozawa turned 11. And that does it for July 22nd. Let me know what you thought of the show. You can reach me on Twitter at NitromaniaPod or by emailing NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. If you want to see me live and in person, come on out to LPW Star Clash 5 on June 23rd at the Elks Lodge in Clinton, Massachusetts. And check out APW as a part of Amesbury Days in Amesbury, Mass. on June 30th. Check out all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network over at questandnetwork.com. I think you might find this one especially appealing. Hey, Atta, do you like anime? I do like anime. What about you? I love it. Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it, you piece of shit? We kind of did marry it. We did. By making a podcast? It ain't a healthy marriage. It controls our lives. And that podcast is the Reanimator Pod. That's R-E-Animator Pod. And you can hear new episodes every Monday. And here's a little taste. It's Alice in Wonderland, meets Inception with an acid-infused EDM rave twist. I like it. Is what I wish I could say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I the shot my low too early there. <laughs> Hotro then asked Yuma, are you turned on? Not in that deep a register. But that's what she asked her. Are you turned on? Turned on yet? <laughs> well, guys, are you turned on yet? If not, I'll keep going. All right. Today, we are going to start. <laughs> well, I, I We're going to start snoozing. I tried to make a dramatic pause. If you like what we do here on the Rundown Feed, please consider donating to the cause to help support us. You can make a one-time donation by going to paypal.me slash rundownwrestling or sign up as a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to make regular monthly donations. $5 a month gives you access to Patreon-exclusive episodes and early access to all the recap shows. $10 a month gets you all of that plus the opportunity to co-host a show. All the money donated goes directly back into the show to help pay our hosting fees on Potomatic each year, which makes sure that we have a big enough storage allotment to keep a nice big backlog of episodes for you guys to listen to. Now, speaking of Patreon, last time I mentioned my idea for Patreon-exclusive recaps, WCW crap that aired before Nitro started, and I've gotten a few suggestions, thank you, Philip. But then I realized there is a whole world out there that I could be recapping. So let's widen the net a little bit, shall we? WCW crap pre-Nitro, obviously, still on the table, always. Or, really, anything else on the WWE Network that you think would be good. 
I mean, is there a particularly shitty episode of the Global Wrestling Federation hanging out in the vault? Let me know. Let me know. Tell me what you want to hear. I'll watch it. I'll recap it. I'll throw it up on Patreon. And for five bucks a month, you'll have access to it. Uh, now, you may have noticed the lack of Nitromanias the last couple of weeks. As I said on the Bash at the Beach episode with Sal, the episodes may be a little more spaced out for the time being as I just finished up a run of six consecutive Saturdays with shows. Uh, that, combined with the last two Thursdays, getting turned inside out here a bit at Rundown Studios North means that I didn't get an episode written uh, until this week. Hopefully, things will be able to pick up a bit here. As I said two episodes ago, I'm going to try to commit to at least two episodes a month uh, so as to not delay things too badly. As I said earlier, very excited to get to Hogwild and let you guys know who that guest is going to be for that episode. But we will get there in due time, my friends. We will get there in due time. Uh, until then, however, that does it for episode 45. Keep it here on the rundown for all of your favorite wrestling podcasts that feature me, Troy, Jason, and Sal. And I will talk to you next time right here on Nitromania. Nitromania.